Hello and welcome to the Odds Checker betting show. This is an Irish horses to follow ahead of the National Hunt season preview. I'm your host, George Ellick, as I was last week for our UK uh, National Hunt horses to follow. I'm joined by Andy Holding and we're delighted to be joined by resident Irishman on the Odds Checker betting show. It is Johnny Ward. Um, Johnny, how are you today? Wearing a really nice outfit, lovely hat, lovely, beautiful jacket, should we call it? Shacket? I don't know, don't yeah. know what it is. I don't know, George. I, I'm I'm a sucker for Instagram online ads. It, it, they actually complete. If if I'm any uh, guide, like Instagram is definitely making a lot of money from people buying stuff off their ads. And I I ordered this coat today. It was the post lady was just about to put um, a note in the letterbox saying nobody's at home. We've left it at the depot. Just like that, I arrived uh, just in time, and I was like, "That's me." She gave it to me, and I I opened it, and it's basically a communist version of what I ordered on Instagram. It's, it doesn't look anything like my original order, but uh, I'm going with it anyway. You're rocking it. You're it, wearing it, it to a wedding this afternoon, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> it looks like that Jay Blades off um, or something he's uh, wearing yeah. off a repair shop. Yeah, yeah. There we he's go. Very that was the look I was going for. Watching the show uh, quite recently. I'd recommend watching it. Um, but I think John, you need to spend less time on Instagram, more time looking after your flowers. Because um, those over your right hand <laughs> shoulder are looking very, very sad. Um, yeah, I hadn't noticed them, but they, they had a good life, you know. They had a good life. Okay. Um, as was the case last week, where Andy was joined by Dan Overall, who made his uh, debut on the Australia Betting Show. I've asked the guys to come up with five horses each ahead of the National Hunt season. A couple of them have already run. Um, a couple of Andys in particular have already run um, so far, but hopefully it will give us 20 horses to go into the season with, uh, in, into the notebook, and hopefully we'll get some value over the course of the campaign from those. Um, before we get into it, as ever, I'm going to point you in the direction of the Odds Checker app, where you can find the best prices, book your offers, free bets, uh, place terms, and Andy's tips straight to the app every single morning of racing. So make sure you download the app and make sure you subscribe to the Odds Checker YouTube channel where you can find plenty more preview content throughout the National Hunt season, racing weekly every week as well. Uh, Andy and I and Johnny on occasion, Dan on occasion and others, I uh, quickly will be back fairly soon previewing the big races and the big meetings over the course of the jump season. But let's start. Now I've asked you guys for five each. These are going to be Irish trained horses. This morning when I was doing my research, because I like to do a bit of research, you know, I want to know what these horses are up to before I, I start talking to you about them. I was baffled because two of them, from what I could see, were just... One had had one run under French trainers, and according to uh, the sources I could find, were still being trained in France. Now, this is always exciting. You know, we I think given what happened with the likes of Duvan, for example, um, we know that these horses that Mr Mullins sometimes purchases from France are fairly popular when it comes to. Uh, juvenile or novice markets when it comes to the Cheltenham Festival and you guys have come armed with one each without even being instructed so Johnny for you it's a horse called Majbra who um, according to the Racing Post currently is trained by Daniela Mele uh, had one race at Otoy back in early uh, 2023 but that seemingly is no longer the case yeah, this I, I wasn't at um, Willie's stable uh, visit. There it was about two weeks ago now. Um, but you know, everyone everyone who's there um, seemed to think it was quite illuminating anyway. And um, if you look at the, the triumph hurdle in recent years, it was won by uh, Calixios what, in twenty twenty one. I think Andy was very sweet on on the day. It was won by Farclab. It was won by uh, Deffy Desoy. It was won by Lossie Mount Lasser. It's become a race that's actually becoming um, a lot more sort of geared almost towards national hunt type horses. Um, now, 
it was traditionally sort of a race where you think Alan King is going to have some good thing off the flat or whatever. And generally, Ireland didn't have a great record in it. But in recent years, Willie's won it the last couple of years. Um, he won it with burning victory, albeit very lucky in 2020. Obviously, Calixios for Henry de Bromhead. Um, Gordon Elliott won it. Aidan O'Brien won it in recent years. Um, even Tiger Roll won it. Um, but you're getting kind of more national hunt uh, bred types uh, in, in the race this year. And um, Blood... blood um, Destiny was kind of very well fancied in the race last year. He was he's also completely national hunt sort of um tight. Now, this horse Marsborough, I just put him in, and it's funny that Andy's also put in. It's funny we both put in horses for the triumph that people have probably never heard of, but this horse got a very favorable mention at Willie's stable tour. Um now his run, he beat a horse called Winston President in Autoy, um, and that was in April, and um he hasn't been seen since. Um, his pedigree isn't actually anything out of the ordinary. He's by a Japanese sire, but he's 16 to 1 for the Triumph Church. I just put him in because I, I actually think the, 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 the division is going to be very strong this year. I don't know what Andy made of the race that Frata won yesterday, but I, I thought if that's a, if that's kind of a sight for the um, the season to come with juvenile hurdles, I, I think we're going to have some very, very good ones in Ireland, a lot of them off the flat. But this one at this stage seems to be Willie's at this stage, and I'm speculating a bit, he seems to be his best three year old. Um, and I imagine that he can't be that far wrong in terms of his height, that he's or how much regard he holds him in. And at 16 to 1 for the triumph, given the stables record in the race, I'm happy to put a fiver on that anyway. Happy to put a fiver on that. Uh, yeah, 16 to 1 best price at the moment for the Triumph. It's been back this morning, so you're not the only one who's caught wind of this. Uh, 21 to 1 this morning, now best price 16 to 1. Madgeborough for the Triumph with Bet365, Paddy Power, uh, Betfair Sportsbook. I mean, obviously, this is November, and you know we have to caveat um, the tipping things um, in November for March. So you know it might be a case of putting Madgeborough in, into the notebook watching his first run for Willie and then making a decision after that. But I know people do like to fill the anti-post uh, book early. And so if that you are that way inclined, then have a look on the, the Triumph Hurdle um, on the Odds Checker website or app, and you can find the best prices there. And you'll see just above Madsborough in the Triumph Hurdle market on Odds Checker is Salvador Mundi, um, a horse that, um, according, again, to the post, is currently trained by Cotta out in France, who's had one run um, at Otoy in April. All sounds fairly familiar, but it's currently seemingly trained by Willie Mullins as well, Andy, and is 16 to 1 too. That's a betway for the same race. Yeah, I certainly have to respect um, Johnny's uh, information regarding Majborough. Um, unfortunately, I haven't had enough time to do a little bit of research myself because what I tend to do is go back and look at all those Otoy races and, and particularly time them on, on their final circuit. I tend to do the the uh, just the hurdle races because um, I think, you know, the horses that come over to this country, we, we can get some kind of guide to how good they are. Um, so I haven't done Johnny's. Um, you'll have to excuse me for that. But I did take the liberty to do the one that I'm putting up into this um, column or onto this list, and that's Salvatore Mundi. And again, another horse has been quoted for the Triumph Hurdle. Um, uh, similar price to Marsborough, around about the 14 to 1 mark. He's actually got the favourite as well. Ball's got Bunting, um, who uh, is also another horse uh, down from a similar route. But this Salvatore Mundi ran um, back in April. I think it was actually the meeting after Marsborough won a Tortoy in the early part of April. I think Marsborough was April the 2nd and this one was April the 18th. Um, but I think there's a bit of substance in this Salvatore Mundi's um, race. Um, 
Majbra just won, I think, just her own remaiden hurdle. But this one won a listed, uh, finished second in a listed hurdle. It was for three-year-olds that hadn't had a run, and they literally just went straight into a listed race. So it's obviously a race that is, is fairly early, fair, fairly sought after by um, the French trainers. This one was tried by David Coltan, who's obviously very good over there in in, in France. And he got he got beat, but he got beat by a horse called Sergino. Now I did the circuit times for that respective race in comparison to the other four on the card, and it was quite good to see that this three-year-old race came out the best, which I think is always a fairly good guide when you get a juvenile hurdle, the best. Not only that, the juveniles and then had a run. So they must be above average. I also did the overall times as well and compared them, and it was the quickest of the two-mile races on the card. Uh, and the front two pull well clear. So I thought, oh, 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 this must be a good race. Now, Sergino's gone to Nicky Henderson. So obviously that one's been well sourced by Nicky, who has got had a good record with his juveniles over the years. And Willie Mullins has got the second or Salvatore Mundi. Now, Salvatore Mundi went out onto the final circuit, around about 10 lengths behind Sergino. He made up all the ground to get to Sergino's quarters. And he actually probably headed him at the last. But the other horse, having saved the energy for being further up the field, just about outstayed him. And I think he won by a length in the end, length and a half. But I came away from that thinking Salvatore Mundi was the best of the two. Um, so if they both improve for their respective trainers, obviously Nicky Henderson does really well with him over Sergino over here. And Willie Mullins does really well with Salvatore Mundi, as he did with Lossy Mouth and one or two others. Um, then hopefully they'll they'll meet somewhere along the way down the line at Cheltenham. Um, so it'll be interesting to see which way, where, where we go. Salvatore Mundi will probably start off in an ordinary juvenile somewhere, similar to Lossy Mouth. Maybe at the Ferry House meeting, that Ferry House meeting in, in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, but he's an exciting prospect, and hopefully he'll be the, one, of the, one of the better ones from Willie Mullins. Just as well, George, um, to mention, Andy was on about trainers there. The, the horse that I put up was trained by the same trainer who had state man. So there's probably mm. something in that, um, and that's probably something that Willie will talk about down the line as well. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's interesting to get those two kind of similar profile horses, but one from Johnny, kind of a, a talking horse, I guess, from the Sable Toy, and one from Andy, who, you know, he's gone back and, and watched the race from Otoy and been impressed by what he's seen. So a couple there can go double-handed into the triumph, but, but as I say, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, normally these uh, <laughs> bookies aren't taking much of a chance with these French recruits for, for Mullins when they when they run, when they race from him the first time, but but let's keep an eye and see what happens. Just to put a, a layer on Fratas's performance as well for Johnny's um, benefit, mm. uh, Fratas was very impressive. Yes, he made all the running to win at Ferry House. Uh, we got a clock in a 55, which is okay. It's a good starting point. You're looking for a, a good juvenile race to be 60 or up, upwards. The, the very, very good ones will do close to 70. And um, that's the sort of like the real golden number really for us with regards to a top class juvenile. You probably get that in the spring juvenile at the Dublin Racing Festival, for instance. Um, something that Lossie Mad did last year. Um, the best one so far is Burdett Road who won at Huntingdon the other day, 62. Mm. So he sets the standard over here and Fratas with a 55, just a little bit below it based on that fairy house run. We're deviating here, but can I just ask you what Untober did for the clock? Which one? Untober for Henry de Bromhead. Oh, 28. Absolutely pedestrian. They, they crawled. Okay. But it's very impressive. But yeah, the time is just okay. absolute bobbins. That's interesting. Yeah, because I, I actually don't think that's... Um, I think he's he's going to be a staying type. And yeah, it's a chase, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll, probably, he'll, be in a, he'll be in a race where he can run a number, but 
Yeah, I mean, they, they crawled it. Like, yeah, he just basically sprinted the other horse. Right, so from a bit of Cheltenham guessing to a Cheltenham winner now, Johnny, uh, Marie Nationale, Supreme winner last, uh, well, earlier this year. Um, you know, Barry Connell said before the race he couldn't get beat, and he wasn't. Um, seemingly running away from Constitution Hill, understandably, and going chasing. Currently 11 to 4, best price for Yarkle. That's with Paddy Power. Excited to see Marie Nationale over the big Robert schools. Yeah, I, like I guess that doesn't seem a great price. I I, I was, um, but at the same time, I'd be loath to oppose him. I, I've actually, any time I've met Barry Connell this year at the races on the telly, I'd, I tend to ask him about him. And he was at Downpatrick um, a few months ago now, and he, 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 maybe a couple of months ago, three months ago, but he said that uh, yeah, he's going to go chasing. And at that time, I had an inkling that um, Constitution Hill wasn't going to go chasing and he was five to one then so you know maybe you know the price has gone in a bit but at the same time you've you've a lot more clarity as to what's happening now and you also have the same connections good land out for the season so um you know Marine National has gotten to as far as early November I again spoke to Barry um before the Cork National last uh Sunday when he was very bullish about his horse and he was probably what ahead off being completely right um so his horses are in good form and the festival at Navin that's on, um, that they've kind of turned into a two-day, um, which which is, I think it's a good idea. I think it's good for a place like Navin to get people racing and to stay over and all of that. But this is where he's going to make his debut um, over fences. I think he said he's entering them on the Saturday and the Sunday. Um, and I, I, I just think he's a, he's a, he's a horse that's very, very hard to pick a hole in. You know, when you look at his performance at Ferry House, given his lack of experience and everything that went wrong was probably right up there with what he achieved in some respects at Cheltenham when he was a lot more street street smart and I thought um it was interesting as well that like Fasal Vega was hyped so much and when you saw the two of them kind of coming sort of to the second last you're like well this is going to be a real race and he absolutely obliterated him um and I, I don't know if he takes defenses I really don't see what's going to beat him in the Arkle. And yeah, I don't I don't want to put on the spot here because you might not be have it in front of you but but how did last year's or this year's got to stop doing that feels too early to be talking about Chatham. That's why I keep saying last year. How, how does this year's Supreme um, time kind of rank? How does Marine Nationals, um, from from memory, or, or if you've got it there, um, yeah, no, no, to have, Supreme is? Yeah, I mean, it, it, was a, it was a quality race. The Supreme was up there with the, with the champion hurdle time by due by Constitution Hill. It just looked a really strong race. You know, we, we had everything in there that should have been in there. Um, I mean, the English didn't have a, a great bunch of horses last season admittedly you know I think Tamoris was the shortest price wasn't he the Tolworth winner but you know he he's more of a sort of like a, a three mile chaser so that that put it put it into perspective but all the best Irish horses were there you know Dark Raven El Tompa 2 in the pocket Diverge Fasal Vega blah 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 and the, and the form has worked out accordingly hasn't it you know we, we saw um the, the flag well and truly flew for, for, for that form towards the back end of the season with the horses coming out of it and doing well at the Punchestown Festival, for instance. And he won with any amount in hand, beating Fasal Vega, who connections were obviously uh, hyping up um, prior to the race and probably were a little bit disappointed that they didn't win post-race. Um, I, I, I actually had Marine National down as one, in, one of my five, but as soon as I saw Johnny's, once we knew each respective list, I, I finally backed down and, and let Johnny have Marine National. Um, but yeah, he's he's a serious talent, and I agree with Johnny. I think if he takes the fences, which hopefully his physique will allow him to, then um, yeah, he's definitely the one in the uh, the Arkle category at the moment. 
great stuff. Yeah, 11 of four, best price currently, favourite for the Arkle. Uh, Andy, over to you. An intriguing selection, this one. My trump card. Um, one race for Gordon Elliott came forth in a, mate, in a maiden hurdle. Not seen for a year. What caught your eye or what, what has caught your eye? Yeah, I, I've been waiting for him to run for a little while now. He went in my tracker. Um, I tried to dig a few horses out that were still in my tracker, and I thought, oh, that my trump card's in there. Um, and I read Gordon Elliott's stable tool guide the other day when it came out, and he was one of the horses that he put in there as a dark one. So I thought, oh, okay. Uh, the two and two sort of added together. Um, yeah, ran an eye-catching race in behind Grange Clare West in that good main hurdle. I think it was a – was it Nace or Navin? I think it was Nace. Um, it was a good time figure, and Grange Clare West did really well throughout the course of the season. He wasn't quite top class, but, you know, he's a, he's a good sort of listed stroke grade three horse that I think will do well over fences this season. Certainly built like a Jason. My trump card, you know, he's, 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 he's along the same lines. I don't think we'll see the best of him, perhaps in, maybe even this time next year when we're doing this podcast and talking about yeah. horses uh, when they go with fences. But I think he'll have a good season, uh, novice hurdling. How high he'll go, I don't know. But um, he's kind of like good enough for Gordon Elliott, then he's certainly good enough for me. And he certainly wasn't knocked about in that um, that nice main hurdle to finish a never near a fourth. He'll have to improve his jumping a little bit. That's the one thing when I watch the video back. He was a little bit sketchy over his hurdles. Um, hopefully, we'll see him out soon. He was due to run at Down Royal at the um, reformed meeting this weekend, but they've decided not to go there. Maybe give him a little bit more time. But he's definitely one to watch either in a bumper stroke, novice hurdle, and then um, follow his progress. Do you think there's a chance, given he went off eight to one on debut, uh, and you know that finishing fourth, there's a chance we might get a price um, when, when we do see, see reappearance? Yeah, because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pick horses here that are not absolutely obvious um it was easy to go down the sort of a lot of them that have already had a run i've got several that i could have put in that have already had a run and we know a little bit about but i thought this one was a fairly dark one the fact that i say he was not flagged up first first time um means that he's a little bit under the radar uh, so yeah you could be right and obviously comes some sexy connections but it doesn't mean to say that um you know he's he's he he, he was expected first time out always you know he's, he's a superstar in the making but yeah i just like the way he ran i think he's got a good engine and uh hopefully we'll we'll um we'll hear a bit more about him than just the one run last season i had to like to look him up there that's a great show and he costs so just looking up he costs 230 grand as well so he obviously looks okay yeah mm. yeah so yeah finger, fingers crossed he, he he makes the grade anyway what grade that'll be i don't know but um hopefully we'll see um, lovely stuff you know, you mean a decent race at some stage this season. My trump card, possibly the trump card of this podcast for Andy. Um, on now to Johnny's third selection. And those of you who listened to or watched last week's show, Dan maybe didn't quite get the memo that that was a, a UK horses to follow because he put up Mirazur West, who is a Munnins bumper winner. Um, <laughs> and um, Johnny, you, you liked what you saw as well. Yeah, I, I Andy might... Um be a bit more illuminating on this because I'm kind of going a little bit on 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 just the visual impression here but also mm. the fact that um this horse is it's the pedigree of the horse as well that he's a brother to Fernie Hollow um the dam has just produced like what one two three she's already produced seven winners one two three five seven um Fernie Hollow would be the best but as you know he um he, he's not not the most amenable at times in terms of you know getting get them to settle and David Casey's spoken about this horse he said he's just he's just far more chilled out than his brother and um 
could you, the, the form of the race at Nace, you could say, well, you know, it's been slightly let down since, and you know, you're kind of speculating, but he was sent off one to two. Um, I just love the way he did it. He basically never came out of a canter. Um, and I think with with him, he came from point to point. So maybe they will have options in terms of the trip they go novice hurdling with, but uh, he's a beautiful looking horse as well. And I think I, I'd be inclined to think they'll go down the route of of the supreme and kind of maybe try to win it with a horse that they you know that stays well as they've done that in the past going back to champagne fever and all those horses Um, she's owned by jp mcmanus um, which is interesting obviously because um you know fernie hollow is in different colors but he he just looked really really good i just love the way he went through the gears kind of um and I'm prepared to forgive him if the time, I don't know what was the time extraordinary, but he was certainly valued for more than he won by. And um, he just looks very exciting. And the way they talk about him relative to his brother is really notable as well. So I imagine he'll be in the Supreme. So um, that's the kind of way if you're looking for a, um, a lucky 31 to change your life, that's where he'd be going, I suppose. Great stuff. Yeah, Mirza West, we, we heard from Andy last week. And I think I'm right in saying, Andy, that, you know, not, not, not worth getting too worried, but but the, the speed figures at least weren't quite as compelling as the... Um, as the visual impression. Yeah, that was it really. Yeah, when I talked about it with Dan, he didn't do anything on the clock that would make you stand up and take notice. But yeah, visually, he was really impressive. You only really tell, as as we do with that horse of Henry de Bromids, which Johnny mentioned, once they get into a better race, how good they'll, they, they can be. You can't just judge him on one run and say, okay, he's got speed figure 45, that's how good he is. I mean, he can only go as fast as what the other horses allow him in the race. So. Let, let's let's see him in a better race and then you know we can take a view of them but yeah he, he did look very good when he won on debut yeah did look good visually we'll see if he can build on that on the clock next time uh, Limerick Lace now is your third selection here Andy for Gavin Cromwell uh, won a Mare's Chase last month at Clonmel consistent type yeah she's not really a dark one in many respects because she's already had a season over fences and she wasn't quite good enough you know against the likes of Allegory de Vassi last season but I've always actually liked this mare. I think the, the key about the key thing about her, which I really do uh, like and has impressed me, is her jumping. Uh, she's a very, very slick jumper, very safe. She she never ever looks like falling at any stage. And I was really impressed with her at Clonmel on her seasonal reappearance. Uh, she never came out of third gear. Um, she jumped really well again in bot- bottomless ground. I always think that's a good guy. You know, if you go around Clonmel and you jump well, as Johnny will know, it's a hard track to get your feet out the ground. The grass is always long. Those two in the home straight, when they go uphill, they, they almost have to heave themselves over. You see a lot of horses fall at the second last and the last. Uh, and she was really good there. Quite spring-heeled, actually, and she had left left in the tank. But it was a time figure, you know, even though it was only a small field, they went a good gallop and I thought, God, she's improved since last year. Um so I didn't really want to leave her out because I think she'll pay her way and be a horse to follow when she doesn't take on the absolute top class. I mean, she might make her way up to, to being, you know, a grade one mare and maybe something like the Cheltenham Festival um, because that, that that sort of mayor's division has only really got three or four absolute top quality horses in it. And then the rest of them are much of a muchness. So I think there's definitely room for a, a Limerick Lace. And the programme book in Ireland really does cater for horses like that. There's lots of races for her to run in. Uh, and, of course, we know Gavin Cromwell's not afraid to bring them over here as well, um, like he's done on many occasions. Um, I think Final Orders have been over here a couple of times just, just to use him as a guide and, and several other handicappers. Um, let's be clear about it. it. was another one I kind of like toyed with, but he's already had two runs 
he's done a couple of exceptionally good times, like he did either at Cork. I think he's already top class, and we'll see him maybe in the Dream more. But I didn't want to put him on because I say horse who's run a couple of times over Kent. He's, I'm not really telling you something you don't already know. But uh, with Limerick Lace, I do think we'll we'll get a really good season out of it this season, and she could um, be a little bit of a money spinner, money spinner, not quite the top class. Limerick Lace there, uh, one to follow during the season, albeit the admission that maybe not quite top class there from Andy. Uh, two more to come, and one who is certainly top class and a horse we spoke a lot about, the three of us uh, over the course of last season, is Lossy Mouth, uh, one of the triumph, of course, reversing the form with Carla Marceau, followed that up win with a uh, four-year-old champion hurdle win at Punchstown. Currently three to one favourite for the Mayors, Johnny, and you know a horse that you were very keen on for throughout last season and clearly... Um, if there were some concerns over that defeat at Leopardstown, um, put those to rest at the back end of last season. Yeah, that that was obviously a bit of a miss, and these things happen. But um, you know, she's by great pretender. She's just that kind of profile I was talking about earlier, where you go end up um, running the triumph with um, really a horse that's not off the flat national on horse, and it looks like kind of connections have looked to France for these sort of uh, three-year-olds quite a bit in recent times, and. To be honest, like I think the two-mile hurling division this year is going to be very boring. Like if 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 you're into Constitution Hill winning in a canter every day, like that's fine and and you can marvel in virtuosity, but like it's not going to be especially interesting. And what you'll have, what's worse is that he's not going to be coming over to Ireland. So that'll be left to sort of Willie Mullins to kind of just you know do whatever he wants to do there. Have the horses that won't take on Constitution Hill until. Um, Cheltenham and I know this has been a kind of a quandary for him in terms of what do you do like do you, do you, I think Willie looks at the program and says we've a load of race in Ireland we don't need to take on um, Constitution Hill but anyway I suppose the point I'm getting at here is Lossie Mouth is not going to rock up in the champion hurdle absolutely zero chance of that I would have thought she's going to run in the mayor's hurdle and um, you know I have to say for Zarak the Brave for his age and, and relative inexperience I just thought it was a hell of a performance to win the Galway hurdle not only did he win but his attitude was outstanding and like basically Lossie Mouth sort of made him look kind of if not second rate she was way way better than him at Punchestown and um, she's only had five starts for Willie Mullins she's just an outstanding type of horse and um, she was superb at Cheltenham she really was uh, the way she travels and I, I'm sure they're half excited about going chasing with her but if they if they if they don't do that, and you, you do wonder about, she'll still only be like five this time next year if they'd want to go down that route. Um, I can't see, I, I mean, I can't see her deviating from the mayor's vision. Willie places his horses, um, you know, to suit basically um, his himself in terms of the stable. And the owners generally accede to Willie's kind of requests as to where they should go. She's not going to be taking on Constitution Hill, and she will, in my view, likely take an awful lot of beating in the mayor's race. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, lost, lost your mouth. One of those um, who won't be taking on Constitution Hill, but certainly with the mayors uh, as an option, uh, three to one best price as it stands at the moment. Um, so, yeah, one to, to, to obviously keep on side with as, as we go forward throughout the season. Uh, Andy, no surprises at all to see Blizzard of Oz uh, making up your list, given how sweet you are in Florida Dreams, as we heard last year. Blizzard of Oz finishing second behind Florida Dreams in the entry bumper. Yeah, Florida Dreams is a bit disappointing, actually, not to win an air on Saturday. But I think he bumped into a good horse of um, Lucinda Russell's, and the, the race didn't run to suit. So those that listen to the other podcast, don't give up with Florida Dreams. He just wants a more strongly run race. It was a bit of a crawl and sprint, which, as I say, didn't play into his strengths. Um, yeah, the horse that beat it, um, that finished second to Angie, as you alluded to, Blizzard of Oz, goes on the list. 
I had a bit of a quandary here whether to put Factor File on there. It was going to be Factor File, Blizzard of Oz, the two horses that finished second respectively in the, in the champion bumpers um, at, at the big festivals. Of course, Factor File second to the good horse of the Kylies. Um, and I, th I think he goes straight for fences, doesn't he, John? I think they're going to bypass hurdles with him. Um, and in it, I think that's quite significant that they, they think it's almost a wasted year, really, uh, messing around over hurdles on a horse who's got a bit of size and physique. I think we'll see him in races like maybe the Turners, a two-and-a-half-mile race, or even RSA if one or two of his horses don't make the grade. But <laughs> I suppose Gaelic Warriors, um, he's ready-made three-miler. Uh, but getting back to Blizzard of Oz, I thought he showed a lot of pace for a horse that ostensibly wants two-and-a-half miles. I think Willie's been on record to think he, he does want a little bit further. He's definitely a chasing type. Uh, so I'll see him as as developing along a, the Ballymore route. Uh, obviously, they stable won it last year with the same colours, um, Impedo Pass. Uh, they have Gaelic Warriors while they chase him. So it's a division that they're really strong in. Uh, so with Factor File, kind of like their preeminent bumper horse going over fences, I thought, well, you know, this two and a half mile category, which I think he'll end up being in, will be up for grabs, as it were. Um, I'm not sure what price he is for, for, the, for the Ballymore. Actually, it's a remiss of me not to, to have looked into that. But um, like I said, without Factor File there, the, he, he looks the ready-made candidate, candidate. So Blizzard of Oz, a horse who certainly be good enough to win a two-mile hurdle, but I think we'll see him better over two and a half, uh, is uh, my fourth horse for this list. So a selection each from the guys, and Andy's just mentioned Johnny's fifth selection, Factor File, uh, finished second in the champion bumper, uh, uh, finding a dream to share too good on two separate occasions, uh, going straight to chasing into the NACE on Sunday. Uh, interesting this one, uh, Johnny. Yeah, and on a dream to share, I, I, the vibes about him would slightly worry me, just if you were backing him for the Supreme or that, which is the race that he'd go for. Um, I'd nearly just hold fire until he actually runs, which may or may not be at Christmas. Um, so we'll see. Like, uh, it would be disappointing. I love the fact that John Kiley at 86 is a horse um, that's so good. Um, but on, on the fact to file, obviously, he did finish second to him in, in the two bumpers um, that he ran in and against him. But, like... Uh, to be honest, I think a lot of horses completely waste their time over hurdles. I mean, he's six going on seven, which is clearly in their thought process. But like, I, I don't see why age should be a, a factor in it. And I think if you're a chaser, a lot of horses who are, if you're going to be of a certain level over hurdles, you're going to be better over fences. Actually, sometimes I don't really get the point of hurdling at all. And this this is an anomalous one for Willie Mullins in that he's going, um, I'm trying to think maybe Miss that did something similar, but not, not that many instances where he just skipped hurdling altogether. And, and this is what they're doing with this horse, which... It's obviously, um, as I say, is unusual, but just the way, the way Willie spoke about him as well, he's another horse at the stable tour that is a horse I really like. I thought he ran a cracker. He could go in his hurling, but I, I think we go in his chase. He's a really jumping type. At his age, he might as well go jumping. He has everything to be a chaser, temperament, size, scope, and all that. So for me, that's exciting. And, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, his nephew Emmett has certainly won that one who's, who likes to kind of um, rock the boat a bit and do stuff that, you know, maybe you wouldn't consider normal like winning the grand national with a horse of, of rank ranking experience and all that and maybe emmett's actually teaching willie how to uh, do things that are a little bit abnormal here which is going chasing with the horse who hasn't gone hurdling but um this horse has loads of ability um by polyglot would have been the serve don polly um and i see he's actually a half brother to a french winner as well out of a jumper in france and um, so he's all the pedigree to do what uh, to, to chase basically and yeah, I think he's going to be exciting. Very exciting. Yeah, really exciting indeed. Uh, Factor File going chasing 
Johnny's fifth and final horse to follow. Uh, Andy, your final one, uh, a exciting and affordable fury, finished second in the Albert Bartlett at a massive price, 150 to one, but has proven uh, in his next two starts that was no fluke. It's actually Afferdale fury. I think you're making this mistake for like it wasn't the Simpsons for Homer's like I was calling her Miss Crandall all these years and when it was, <laughs> was Crabapple I was like this Andy it, it was only the last time this horse actually ran in Galway I knew I was wrong yeah it's really weird as well because you're not you're not the only ones but several bookmakers have actually quoted two horses they've really? actually got affordable fury and <laughs> most of the firms have got Affordale fury so the ones that got affordable fury that's the same horse by the way so don't make the same mistake there uh, and back the wrong also, can, can, can I just just to protect myself? What I've done here is I've copied and pasted the list that you <laughs> sent me, Andy. So you thrown me. You know, what, you know what it's like. You go to put Affordale and it comes up affordable, and yeah, there you go. <laughs> so we're, we're we're all guilty. Uh, either way, um, Noel Mead's um, Chaser, I, I, I think, uh, has got a really bright future off the back of what we saw not only last season as a hurdler, but um, on on his debut over fences at Galway. I always think Galway, as Johnny will know, is quite a good test for a, a novice first time out. It's a bit uphill and down dale. Those two in the dip really... Love the two up. in the dip, Andy. I actually wish more race courses had them. Yeah, it's almost like, um, you know... Jojo. Watching, yeah, it's, it's almost like... The, what, what was it? The Devil's Dyke, was it? At um, um, Hickstead, when they used to jump the two... There was three rails, wasn't there? They used to jump the one, go down into a dip, jump the other and come out the other side. I think it's called the Devil's Dyke. And... Um, Galway's equivalent to the Devil's Dyke is those two in the dip. Um, you actually kind of like if you if you meet one on the stri- right stride, you can't you don't actually meet the other one on on the on the right stride. That they come at interchangeable stride patterns, and uh, so you have to shorten up to jump the second one. I've never seen a horse go ping ping on both of them, um, and 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 he was really neat. He was in and out of the boards. He danced over the last two. Uh, he jumped the ditches well down the back. Uh, he looked like winning actually further than his. Um, official margin suggested in the end because I think to be fair to the second favorite de Chamdo, he battled on really strongly to keep him honest on the running I actually think the second will will hear big things of him as well maybe more in handicaps further down the line or you know maybe um, even further but I think affordable Fury's already rubber stamped himself as a three mile chase from the making uh, his form was all out of three miles last year called second to stay on Fay um, in the um, in the Albert Bartlett um, he got readily brushed aside by Gaelic Warrior, who I think he's probably the preeminent three-mile novice for, for Ireland last season. I think he's 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 definitely the one to be in that category. But affordable Fury, he's at least put himself in the shot window. Um, and he was one of probably, I could say, several I could have mentioned in this category, uh, Fidel Fury. The other, the other two being, um, let's be clear about it, which I mentioned. And there was a horse of Gavin Cromwell's. I don't know if... Um, um, Johnny saw him the other day. I know the way you're thinking, who finished second to imagine in a really high class beginner's chase at Fairy House. Uh, I'm just sort of layering this a bit and adding this one as well. It was won by Imagine, but the, the time figure was very, very good. And I think I know you were either thinking the way he finished off suggests that he'll be better next time out. But very he could have been in the of, of Limerick Lease, no less. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, the two um, intertwined. So I've gone for affordable fury. I could have, like I said, put, let's be clear about it, or I'll know the way you're thinking on there, but I think he's already proven that he's, he's a top-class horse in the making. Let's uh, be clear the... about it, though. What is the horse's actual name? Andy? <laughs> have, have, I got, have I got that wrong as well? Is it 
How do you, how do you actually pronounce it? Is it Afferdale? <laughs> Afferdale is what. It is, is Afferdale, yeah. Have I called him Affordable Fury again? I think you have. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's Afferdale anyway, yeah. <laughs> Affordable is what I've heard it's called. Um, there we go. That is the five um, to follow from each of the guys over from Horses Trained in Ireland. I'll quickly run through them uh, before we let you guys go. Johnny's got uh, Madgebra, Marine National, Mirzo West, Lossy Mouth, and Fact to File. For Andy, it's Salvador Mundi, My Trump Card, Limerick Lace, Blizzard of Oz, and Affordale Fury. Um, you can find all of those up on the Odds Checker site. I don't know whether it's the Cheltenham Festival or when they are due to run, so make sure you look at those. Um, and we'll be back, as I say, uh, to preview the racing over the course of the National Hunt season. So do subscribe to the Odds Checker podcast. Uh, so it's the Oz Checker YouTube channel where you can find all the Oz Checker betting shows and plenty more preview content up on there. Thank you to Andy. Thank you to Johnny. Johnny, have a great wedding. Not your wedding, I don't think, but whoever's wedding you're going to. Uh, we'll speak again soon. Uh, please uh, do ensure that you're gambling responsibly and enjoy the weekend's racing.